I was one of those people who grew up thinking the Black Panthers were some evil organization, Mm -hmm. right? Because again, that's what we are presented. And it's not until you do your own research. Um, My father was a Panther. (laughs) Really? So, yeah, I didn't know that. Hey everyone, this is Atlas. We're doing costly conversations right now with Lattimore Defense Firearms Trainer. How you doing? I'm good, brother. How you doing? Hey, man? doing so good. So good. Blessed. But hey, uh, let's get into it, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself. We're excited to hear from you. We're excited to hear your perspective. Uh, we just want to kind of figure out uh, a little bit more about Black 2A and what it means to do what you do. Okay, yeah. So as he stated, I am Lattimore Defense. William Lattimore is my name. I've been in the firearms game for about six years now. Uh, I just became an instructor recently. Um, I've been shooting on a civilian side outside of the military for five, six years now. And it's been fun. And what got me into it is the fact that uh, it's just, it's fun. Um, I moved from New York City to Texas and, you know, growing up in New York City, guns were kind of taboo. They weren't they weren't our thing up there. So when I got here, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is my this is my space. Um, so, yeah, that's <laughs> that's a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, on a previous interview, we uh, we did an interview. Uh, the previous instructor from Brooklyn uh, said kind of the same thing, uh, but he was super, yeah. super excited to get to Texas where he could actually uh, ex- right. express his Second <laughs> Amendment right, you know, the thing that right, is in right. the Constitution for us to do. Uh, that being said, you know, I, I know you, you mentioned um, you've been shooting on the civilian side prior service. Yes, uh, Army, seven years. Seven years. Okay, look at you. Yep, yep. <laughs> right. Where'd you go? Right. What'd you do? Uh, <laughs> I, I have one deployment to Afghanistan. Um, that was actually one of my last years in. Uh, I deployed to Afghanistan in 2014. Um, so, yeah, that that was pretty fun. <laughs> I know it's not the typical response. Yeah. Oh, it was fun. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it gave me a it gave me a different perspective. It it allowed me to appreciate life a little more um, mm-hmm. and to not take things for granted, um, because seeing seeing a different side, it's like you you can get this picture from the news and the media and stuff like that. Yeah. But. Until you actually go over there and experience it, it, it it's nothing. It's yeah. nothing like what you think it is, you know? <laughs> but yeah. again, it gave me a, a different perspective and it really made me appreciate life a lot more. Well, so, yeah. On behalf of uh, myself and everyone listening, uh, I believe, uh, thank you for your service. We appreciate what you did for welcome, this country. You're welcome, man. <laughs> yes, You're sir. welcome, Yes, man. sir. So... I know you said you just recently got into the firearms game in regards to mm-hmm. training, but you know you've been on the right, civilian right. side. Um, why did you become a trainer? Okay, that that's a good question. So, yeah. like I said, um, when I moved out here, uh, I, I didn't get into firearms immediately as I moved out here. It was a, it was a gradual process, and um, when I started going to the range, I was the only black person 
for the most part, at the range every time I went. And it's, it can be kind of intimidating. Um, so as time went on, I kept noticing that. And I'm like, man, I can't be the only black person in the state of Texas that shoots guns. You know right. what I mean? I mean, it's a big, it's a big state. Like, come on. It, it, it's a big state. And um, it, was, uh, it was actually my mentor that got me into becoming an instructor. Um, I had never really thought about it. Yeah. Um, but my mentor, um, he, he asked me one day, hey, have you ever thought about being an instructor? And I'm like, yeah, off and on. But it was never something that was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. Right. And we would chop it up almost every day. And, you know, I started seeing, once I started seeing more and more uh, of our folks getting into firearms, especially with within this past year, um, that's when I made the decision. I'm like, okay, a lot more black people are getting into firearms. And if they're like me, they're going to want someone to teach them, uh, someone that looks like them to teach them. You know, um, it's just, it's a, it's a uh, familiar, familiarity, familiar. The you familiarity, know what I'm to say. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a, <laughs> Comfort level, too. Absolutely. It, it has a certain level of comfort. And some people would be mm-hmm. like, well, you know, you should be comfortable with all people. And I, right, right. I don't personally disagree that we should be able to learn from anyone from all yeah, backgrounds and yeah. all, all cultures. But some people aren't at that level yet. And I think personally, right, right. that's something that I've had to come to understand. And I, I think uh-huh. a lot of other people maybe could, could take a note that, you know, going to the gun range even, it felt just a little weird not seeing people that look like you yeah exactly um one question that i did have i was going to save it for later but i I suppose i'll I'll ask now um okay what (laughs) would be the difference if um if if one had to choose is there a difference between you know like a black firearms group and you know a non-black and just a standard i guess technically just a white group i mean i don't want to make it a black or white thing do, do you feel like right, there's a difference? Right. I don't feel like there's a difference, mm-hmm. but I will say this. Mm-hmm. Let's say um, I find a group and I'm the only black person in a group, right? Mm-hmm. I have my, my upbringing, my experiences and things like that, mm-hmm. that some folks may not be able to relate to. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, whereas... If there's a group of of people that look like me, it's a representation matters. Yeah, it does. In, in my honest opinion, representation matters. I don't feel there's a difference, but I will say I think there's something to it, to having a group of folks that look like you. They don't necessarily have to think like you, but they look like you. It, yeah. it, it's a community aspect. It's a part of belonging to something that represents you. Yeah. If that if that makes no, sense. that makes perfect sense, and um, I'm I'm thankful that we were able to kind of uh, I suppose clear that up because a lot of mm-hmm. folks who who may come back and watch this video uh, would be like, oh well, that's that's racist. How could you right, not want right. to be? You don't want to be around white people. Are, are you are you racist? And it's like, no, it's not even like that. You know, so, it, it, exactly. It's it's nothing like that. Yeah. It's just the perspective of it, right? It, it, the perspective. It's really just the perspective. And, and that's what we're doing here is we're just trying to cook up a little bit of perspective, serve it mm-hmm. out to the folks, let people know that, hey, there's people in the firearms industry that aren't your typical, you know, uh, uh, 
older white guy running a gun store. Um, right. I'm going to use the word hick. It's not... Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not just like that. There's people from all backgrounds who appreciate mm-hmm. their ability to defend themselves uh in, in the worst of situations. Right, and, and right. To, to receive and, and training that's what like it's all that. About. Yeah, and, and to receive training to be able to do that, that's important. Like I I went to karate as a kid in Taekwondo, but um Okay. You know, that was that was important for me to feel like, okay, if I get in a situation, maybe I won't use all these moves, but at least like I I know how to throw a punch. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, you know, in yeah. firearms trainings, I, I do see a lot of instructors kind of like really pushing, like you got to go to a lot of classes, go to a lot of classes, you got to train every yes. single day. And I, I do appreciate the idea of getting extremely proficient and uh, getting to mm-hmm, a point where mm-hmm. you, you can confidently defend yourself. Uh, so we right, appreciate right. that. Thank you for doing that for the community. That's This is huge. Not a problem. It's my pleasure. Man. It Absolutely. really is my pleasure. Yes, sir. Uh, and what some people may not know about you is that you you actually run a gun club here in uh, yep. here in Texas, yep. over in Dallas. <laughs> uh, we're, we're a little ways away, yeah. but uh, tell us a little bit about right, that. Right. Just a little bit. All right. So I am the founder and president of the Henry Johnson Gun Club in Dallas. Um with the goal of this gun club is training and education in the black community, training and education on firearms in the black community. Um, and again, my reason for starting the gun club is the same for becoming a, a trainer. It's representation matters. <laughs> it, I just want people to, to know that there's a space. When I say people, I, I want black folks in in Dallas and surrounding areas to know there's a safe space for them. Um, There's a space for us in the 2A community as well. And that was my, that was my why as to why I started the club. And that's always going to be the mission of the club is to train and educate our community on safe and responsible gun ownership. Excellent. And so I actually grew up in a place where really only gangsters and thugs had guns. Anytime I yep. saw a gun, it was <laughs> right, in kind of in right. a threatening manner. Um, no one ever really felt safe around them. If you had one, mothers were crying. Fathers were, were you know, bowing their head in shame. Um, yep. But it's not yep. like that. Tell me about maybe some of the myths, and feel free to take as much time as you want, some of the myths about uh, black gun ownership, about black men oh, with guns, man. black women with guns. <laughs> um, but I feel like this will kind of lean towards the, the the stereotype of black men with guns. Tell me some of these myths. Right, right. Um, so, <laughs> like you touched on, you grew up in an area uh, where it was like, oh my God, guns are bad. Mm-hmm. So, And for me, I did too, um, you know, your your uh, previous guest talked about it. You know, we're mm. from the same city, both from Brooklyn. So my upbringing, uh, my first gun that I saw was a 380 and a drug dealer showed it to me. Mm. So <laughs> you can only imagine it's yeah. like, okay, hmm, this, this is what we're presented with. Okay, only those guys, those criminals, those thugs, those gangsters, those guys are the ones with guns and the police, and that's mm-hmm. it. Um, even when you think about our upbringing, um, the TV shows and movies were given, only the bad guys have the guns, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at other TV shows, and like I always say, you know, I, I love the, the, the term representation matters. Yeah. You look at other shows and, and 
TV shows and movies and what other people are presented with, the, the cowboys have the guns. Those are the good guys. You know, the cowboys have the guns. The, the lawmen have the guns. And we're given <laughs> freaking Omar from the wire, if anybody's familiar with that. Yeah. That's what we're given, you know? And so that's one stigma, you know? And it, I, to me, it goes back into, I don't want to get too much in the, into history, but it goes back into the history of gun laws and gun control. Um, and those racist origins, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I really feel like the stigma surrounding Black gun ownership is very big. Um, and it, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, it t- it's going to take everyone in the two-way community to break those stigmas. Yeah. Um, because to me, they're, I don't want to say they're ignorant, but they're not rooted in, in research and knowledge. Right. Um, because we can, we can get into talking about people like the Deacons of Defense, uh, the Black Panthers, you know, we can, we can get into those things. Um, gun ownership has played a big part in the Black community for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, it's actually kept some black communities from being terrorized <laughs> when you actually think about it. And that's actually, um, cause I, I grew up a little bit outside of the, out of, of the, of the continued United States. So a mm-hmm. lot of the stories didn't get passed to me. Um, some of them did come through and I, you know, you're horrified, but a lot of the stories didn't right. get passed to me until I actually moved up here. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, you know, my eyes were kind of open to a lot of the stories and a lot of the trauma and a lot of the history. Um, maybe, yeah. And I always kind of wondered, like, hey, you know, like, how how did the KKK just ride up and torture an entire family, and they not one of them caught a caught, caught one? Like, what's going on? Like, did no right, one, did right. no one try to help them? And you know, like, yeah, no one could help them. They were terrorized by a group of men. Uh, uh, there's thirty guys rolling up, and you know, I was I joked around in the the last call that uh, that she saw, and I was like, hey, you know, if there's thirty of them. I've got a 30-round clip, and now I can handle yeah. that. <laughs> Give me two, and I'll be happy, you know? Um, right, right. That being said, could you, could you, uh, could you maybe talk a little bit about, uh, about the history of— uh, I know you said there's a little bit of racist history, or a lot of bit of racist right. history. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, of course, of course. So I, I can't remember the exact year the KKK started, um, but— Around that time, uh, I'll just mention one one gun control law. Um, it was like uh, in Florida in about 1865, I think it was, or 1869, something like that. Um, in Florida, they had a confiscation law. And all the homes of slaves and free black people were searched for guns. And it wasn't by law enforcement. They sent regular white civilians to search the homes of slaves and free black folks. And if they found guns in them and the black folks didn't have a good enough reason as to why they had those guns, they were confiscated. So right then and there, if you if you take away a means of somebody to defend themselves, you can terrorize them. Mm. An unarmed populace is subject to terrorism, right? That's right. So... When, when you talk about the KKK, that's how they were able to do what they were able to do because the government said, hey, 
you can, you guys can't have guns. And boom, and nobody's gonna nobody's gonna help them, especially if the government is already racist. If you're already yeah. treated as a as a low rate uh, citizen, mm-hmm. nobody's gonna care, right? Nobody's gonna care if someone firebombs your house or burns a cross on your lawn. Nobody's gonna care. So I mentioned the deacons of defense. They were actually church members, hence the name, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who um, formed because they wanted to stop the KKK. Um, there's another guy, I think his name is Robert F. Williams, and he wrote the book, Negroes with Guns. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and some people in his community formed because the KKK would do their famous night rides. And, you know, you can terrorize someone until they defend themselves, you yeah. know? And that's really... What what happened? And you know I'm a I'm a huge Black Panther buff. <laughs> hey. So so you know the Black Panthers. It was the same reason they were started because they were tired of police brutality. You know the the racist uh, policing done mm. in the communities. And what happened? You know they were labeled a terrorist organization, right? And my thing is. The Black Panthers were completely destroyed, but yet in 2021, there's still the KKK. Right. Just even though people want to deny that fact, there is. The KKK is still alive and well in 2021. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I lived in a city. I lived in a city where there was uh, a well-known, or at least well-enough known, um, KKK member living uh, down one right. of the streets, and it's like, yeah, that guy. You know, I don't. And you know, somebody might say, "Well, that's that's just a myth." They, they were just making that up. I don't think so. People don't joke around about right. stuff like that. Not that, right? Like, that's so, not that's not something you want to joke around about. Yeah, I mean, it's it is crazy, um, and that is a very interesting fact. That like, hey, you know, the government said uh, Black Panthers bad. Get rid of them. Right. They completely destroyed them. KKK. Ah, uh, they're kind of bad, but. Mm. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> it, it, it's it's a crazy double standard, and I uh, mm-hmm. I know there's a lot more education, a lot more movies that have come out about you know the CIA and the FBI and their efforts to destroy, yeah. uh, kind of I, I guess the movement to to progress American society into a place yep. where they they did understand like hey listen, uh, black people live here too. They have mm-hmm. access to everything you have access to. They're not others. They're they're just like you. They just look a little different. They maybe they right, uh, right. they cook different just because they have a little bit different right. culture. Which what are you going to do about it? <laughs> right. Um, and I, I know it's not that simple. I mean the the history mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. Uh, of of slavery, the history of uh, civil rights is deep and it's dark yeah. and its roots are are <laughs> deep. Like they're, those nails have yeah. something. <laughs> And yeah, then it's going to yeah. be a while before we can, I, I suppose, even think about saying, "Hey, right. it's over." It's it's as much as <laughs> as much as I want to believe, like, "Hey, you know, we're kind of past it." There's still some people, and I'm not just to be clear. I don't believe that every white person is racist. I don't not believe that all. for a second. Not at all. I don't. I don't <laughs> believe that all, every man. cop is racist. I don't believe every white person. I don't believe that every country boy or good old boy is racist. <laughs> I I right. don't think that at all. Right. That being said, there's still racist people in the world, and yeah, we should yeah. resist that kind of mentality, that kind of attitude. Um, exactly. 
little story, and I, I know this is about you, so I'm, I'm going to let it get back to you, but a little no, story. No. <laughs> um, when I first kind of started this channel, um, you know, it, yeah, it's still small. Uh, we still, we're basically still just starting, but I actually mm-hmm. had um, this cat from Mississippi reached out, kind of a country boy, uh, conservative values type guy, and he was super encouraging. He was like, hey, man, I see what you're doing. You're doing a great job. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, uh, here's some advice on how you can be successful and continue to grow the mm-hmm. community. And I was like, look at that. Right, Look right. at that. I'm not, I, I, I didn't even really think, oh, white guy's reaching out. I, I thought, hey, this brother who's trying to do something different, but, you know, mm-hmm. media is, is reaching out, being encouraging. And then uh, maybe later on that day, I was like, uh, maybe I was feeling a little discouraged about something. And I thought, dang, that one guy. He was a white guy, yeah. and he was supporting yeah. something that is what a lot of people would see as uh, uh, like a black thing. And this really yeah. is not yeah. a black thing. This is uh, uh, this is <laughs> right. a human thing. Right. This is uh, about protecting yourself. That's a very human experience. But it, it does have strong emphasis on uh, making sure that people understand the black experience regarding firearms and regarding taking care of ourselves in regards to self-defense. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, um, Go for it. I, I want to touch on something too. Um, going back to the Black Panthers, right? Yes, sir. Let's, um, let's keep going. People don't realize that they their mission was to unite all people. Hence, their term "all power to the people." It, it was never all power to black people. It was mm-hmm. all power to the people, right? And you know, they just came out with the movie uh, "Judas and the Black Messiah." Mm-hmm. Uh, I've yet to see don't it, so realize. don't ask me no questions about it. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. Don't spoil I'm not it. Gonna say anything. Don't spoil it, <laughs> man. <laughs> well, uh, all right. You you can say I, a little something. Just don't 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 okay. go too crazy in the spoilers. <laughs> no, no, I w- I won't say anything too crazy because this is all common knowledge. It okay. should be. I mean, uh, um, <laughs> you know what? I won't even say anything about that. I'll okay. say this, the, the Black Panthers, because um, this movie is just about Fred Hampton, right? Mm-hmm. So the Black Panthers, what what the government really hated was the fact that they wanted to unite all people, right? So they had to make them out as, oh, they hate this group and this group and this group when that wasn't factually true at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what made them so fearful, so, so dangerous, mm-hmm. Their ability to unite folks, um, because you have to think we live in a capitalist society, right? So <laughs> when you have someone saying, "Hey, we're we're all in this together," like black people, white people, brown people, you know, we're all in this together. That that's a threat to the establishment, man. And yeah. so I, I really think that's the. That's the thing that scares a lot of folks. I, I, um, I'm going to pause you just because there's a lot of people who have no context on the Black Panthers other than, right, right, oh, right, they were right. this crazy group of armed <laughs> blacks. And it just, yeah. and that thought process is, gets kind of crazy. Um, and they see mm-hmm. the depictions and they see them riding around with guns, acting like, like uh, uh, almost like the modern day white militia prepper guy. Right, that's what, right. That's kind of what they came off as in, in regards mm-hmm. to media uh, and how they've been portrayed in the movies that they've been in and how they uh, uh, were always angry at the cops calling them pig and this and this and that. And they did call <laughs> right, them pig. Right. Like, that's not... They did. That's, that, not, that's, not, that's not a denial. That, no. That's an actual but fact. <laughs> tell us, 
I guess the the mission of the Black Panthers because I, I yeah I don't want to put you on the spot unless you maybe forget right, one of them. Right. But tell us a little um, bit about the actual mission. So I was one of those people who grew up thinking the Black Panthers were some evil organization, mm-hmm. right? Because again, that's what we are presented, and it's not to until you do your own research. Um, my father was a Panther, <laughs> really. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't know that. You know, oh um, wow. I mean, I I think that's kind of cool, but, yeah. Right. It was actually when I started doing my research, you know, this was like last year or even maybe the year before. um, I started looking more into them. I'm like, you know, I need to know about them from their perspective and not what I'm given. So I asked my dad, I'm like, Dad, how come you never joined the Black Panthers? He was like, I was. And I'm like, you didn't think to tell me this back? Back when I was younger, that yeah, that, that seems like cool. a. I don't. Parents do have a way of not telling the juicy right, beats, right? Like, come on, right. But yeah. um, so you know, their mission was the community, right? Yeah. They wanted to. They weren't against police. They weren't anti-police. Mm-hmm. They were against uh, unjust police practices, police brutality. They mm-hmm. were against that stuff, right? They weren't anti-white or anything like that. Um, again, if if that's all you're presented, that's what you'll believe until you actually start to do your research. Um, in fact, you know, a lot of the programs we have today, the Panthers are responsible for. The free breakfast program they started. They started a clinic, uh, several clinics for sickle cell anemia. They had they built a school. Um, to me, that I didn't doesn't know about the sound school. like or the sickle right, cell. Really. I didn't either. I didn't know about the school either. Yeah, I knew, I knew they me, did the, free, the the breakfast program to, to help the community. That's one thing that most people will know is mm-hmm. the breakfast program. But they had they they set up the free clinics. They set up the uh, like I said the school. Um, they they did several things, and to me, you can't put them on the same level as the KKK. I, I'm sorry, um, <laughs> I I just feel like you can't because. You think about the KKK and what they did. The Black Panthers never covered their faces. If you mm-hmm. if you look at the pictures, they never yeah, did. Everybody they was were. right there. If they were such this evil organization, you know, I look at both of them and I'm like, who rode around with sheets over their faces, mm-hmm. and who was feeding breakfast to children? <laughs> so I mean, it, and this is all. This is all stuff that I had to do my own research on. Um, I'm actually reading uh, Huey P. Newton, one of Huey P. Newton's books, uh, mm-hmm. Revolutionary Suicide. Um, and it's a glimpse into the life of the man, one of the founders of the Black Panther Party, a side of him that we didn't see. You know what I mean? Uh, we didn't see that side. Um, we just... We get presented this side that oh he was he was this radical guy. Huey <laughs> P. Newton had a PhD. Uh, most people don't know that. Yeah, either. I didn't know about the PhD. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, he um he actually he graduated high school not knowing how to read, so wow. he was illiterate when he graduated high school. And he taught himself how to read, and he graduated with a he got a PhD. Mm-hmm. So that just shows you it's like man maybe. Everything I was taught and everything I thought I knew might not be true. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Now, one one thought that did just hit me. Uh, we're talking about, um, you know, yourself, uh, mm-hmm. Lattimore Defense. 
you know, you, you served in the military, you came back, you went to a gun state, got radicalized into guns, you, you, you love the Black Panthers, uh, mm-hmm, do, you, mm-hmm. do you hate cops? Are, do, you, do you hate cops? Do you, do you want America to burn? Like, what, what is wrong with you? Why do you like the Black Panthers? <laughs> People who just are, have different mindset than yourself, clear that up for them. Okay. Of course, of course. So I don't hate cops at all. If the Black Panthers were around today, I would be a supporter of the Black Panthers. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't hide that fact. Um, I, I won't deny that. Um, what I do dislike is unjust policing. Mm-hmm. It. I believe there are good cops out there. I do believe that. Um, I've encountered several of them. Um, but I've also encountered some who made me feel uncomfortable, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um who just talked down to me and stuff like that. So I, I think we all, whether you're black, white, whatever, we can all agree that if you're, if policing is unjust, then it's wrong. We can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm pretty sure we can. I hope we can. Um, hey, hold that thought for just a second, because what, okay. what, I, what I have recognized is people uh, feel like they're forced to take a side. Right, the, their right, uncle's a cop. Right. Their great grandfather was a cop. Their 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 husband's a marine. Uh, they are a cop, and until they see something that's just c- catastrophic, uh, they either stay silent. Which you don't have to speak on every time you see someone get killed. Right, that that right. is exhausting. You and I were talking about that a couple months back. Like we're <laughs> yeah, just tired yeah. of seeing men and boys die in the street. It's exhausting. Right, right. So I get that you maybe you don't talk about it all the time, but what you, you don't. You don't have to take a side to the point where you excuse evil behavior or behavior exactly. that is at least questionable without saying, hey, you know, was that a problem? And instead of just jumping up every time you see somebody get shot. Uh, for example, um, there's this channel that I, I do watch from time to time. Um, I believe it's called uh, Active Self-Defense. And he, yep. re- he reviews um, different footage. This was a badge cam footage, footage that he was reviewing. The guy was maybe 50 yards away. He couldn't really see his hands. Got out the car, gun drawn, show me your hands, pop, 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 pop. And, you know, the guy, uh, John Korea, I believe his name is, said like, hey, uh, yeah. I yeah. don't think that was reasonable. Not only that, but his technique showed that he wasn't being reasonable. He couldn't see his hands. Mm-hmm. The way he was shooting wasn't in line with his targets. Like everything about this thing was questionable. And mm-hmm. the cop might get off. He's he's been in self uh not self-defense shootings, but uh active shooting situations before where he's fired his weapon. And mm-hmm. I think that's bad. I I don't love to see people going to jail and their life being thrown away. Right, right. But in our society, we've all kind of agreed to live by laws. And the law says you can't kill yeah, a man yeah. in cold blood. Right, right, right. Um, I, the channel you're talking about is uh, it's active self-protection. Oh, as, um, yes, active self-protection. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, defense yeah. is just ingrained. <laughs> it, it's in there. It, it's in there. Um, but yeah, I watch, um, I actually watch a lot of his videos too. Yeah, I mean, um, it's good stuff. I mean, it's obviously stuff. it's kind of some sad content, but it's, yeah, it's informative. And the thing about, the thing you just mentioned is he, he does a lot of videos, right? And in that particular instance, in that particular video, he wasn't hesitant to say, hey, that might have been wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because you know he supports law enforcement. He's he said it before, but he doesn't support it to the point where he just uh, he has his blinders on. Right. Um, like like let's let's switch gears. Right. Let's say you support a sports team mm-hmm. and your team has particular players and those players are playing bad, but you support this team so much that you will ignore the bad play of the players because this is your team. It, it, it kind of goes into that same breath. It's just a different example. Um, you, you excuse the bad play of players that can play better because you love this team so freaking much, right? right. But yeah. it, it's, the same, it's the same aspect. It's like, okay, you can support law enforcement, but yet you can call out the, you can call out wrong. Like you can call out wrong. Um, I support black people to the fullest. Uh, that that's my thing, but I won't hesitate to call out wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just because we we can't we can't expect to just call out wrong when it's everybody else. Yeah. So and, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Please continue. And um, that and that that goes for anybody. Mm-hmm. That goes for anybody. Not not just black. But that goes for anybody, even if you support support law enforcement. Mm-hmm. You can call out wrong. Well, let me let me ask you: Have you faced any like major challenges in in trying to break into the firearms industry, um, and maybe even during COVID and you know snowstorms and you know the apocalypse? And have you faced <laughs> any challenges right. in just trying to break into it, teach, or even just even early on um, with uh, the club? We'll talk about the training aspects first. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the challenges is people knowing that they need training. Uh, to me, that's a big challenge in the fi- in being a firearms instructor is people knowing that they need the training. Mm-hmm. Um, people will get their LTC, they'll take their little LTC qualification, um, and they they'll feel like that's the only training they need. I mean, LTC and their gun not will that sit hard. on the dresser. Yeah. Right, right. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to uh, discount what anyone has done, yeah. but <laughs> you should be able to pass the LTC. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a human-sized silhouette. Most people will pass it within the first two strings of fire. Um, and that's great. Getting your LTC is great, but you you need to continue training, right? Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, we've talked about this before. Uh, it's just, how do you know how you're going to react in a situation if you don't train for that situation? Right. Right. Let's say you buy a gun, or you buy a holster, and you don't know how to draw from your holster. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you go to draw your gun and your whole holster comes with the gun. Right. What do you, what do, you, what do? Do, you do? Right. You can't, yeah. you can't tell a bad guy, hold on a second. You can't, you can't pause life. I don't think, I don't think, uh, folks, some folks see the, 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 the need for training. Mm-hmm. Some people the, think, the okay, I got my, yeah, the value. Mm-hmm. I, I got my LTC. I'm good to go. I, I talk about my military experience. Um, mm-hmm. I took a combatives level one and two. So I'm certified in combatives level one and two which is like, it's, a, it's hand-to-hand combat mixed mm-hmm. with a uh, little uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like Royce Gracie style. That stuff is good. Uh, but 
I'm not getting in the ring and we'll talk about MMA. I'm not getting in the octagon with freaking, well, I love Conor McGregor, but Any of those I'm guys, the, really. I may get in the octagon with him now because he's a little old. I'm, I'm not. Oh, but wow. I'm wow. Will said he's rolling with, uh, he's going to roll a little bit with Conor. Come on, Will. Come on, Notorious, Will. Man. But, but it's like, okay, let's say I took one boxing class and yeah. I get in the ring with freaking uh, uh, Roy Jones or Floyd Mayweather or something. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's the same equivalent. You know, you know, I always like to equate things to other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say I watch a YouTube video of someone teaching how to shoot a basketball. I can't step on the court with freaking LeBron and think I'm going to mm-hmm. take him one-on-one. Um, That's it, right. It's really the same thing. It, it's literally the same thing. Yeah, you did an LTC course. Okay, that that's cool. What's next? Are you going to keep training? Um, mm-hmm. You... Because we always say, you know, we're our own first responders. That's right. We are our own first responders. Nobody is coming to save us. Um, and I'll touch on, I'll touch on something that's a little sad. Um, you and I both saw the video of what happened in Philadelphia a couple. Yeah. Of, uh, was it last month or? It wasn't that long ago. Like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, they got into an argument about snow, and. Mm-hmm. The guy went in, got his gun, came back, shot him, went back in, got his other gun, came back and shot him. And how, you know, taking taking that video, you know, I looked at it and I'm like, man, what, what can I learn from this? What can others learn from this? Mm-hmm. You know, it's sometimes it's better to walk away. A lot of times it's better to walk away. Um, But if it should come to you, are you prepared? You know? Yeah. And to me, that's the thing that it all boils boils down to is is preparation, being prepared. You never know the situation you're going to find yourself in. Um, And to me, (laughs) I said all of that to say, that's the biggest challenge I've seen in being an instructor is, people knowing they need training. Um, and to me, that's twofold. That's being an instructor and running the gun club, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because you've been, you're a part of the gun club. I am. <laughs> For those that don't know, he is oh, they, part they of the know. gun club. They know. We talked about this in the uh, episode one. <laughs> <laughs> and he's actually in the leadership. We don't have a title for him yet. Oh, well, y'all, y'all can come up with a title for him. Oh, and geez. we'll... Yeah, y'all, y'all got to come up with a title for him. Mm-hmm. You've been to several of the Reigns days, and you've we've actually shot together, just mm-hmm. you and I. Like, mm-hmm. So you've you've seen just, and this is pretty much what we do. Is it's not watered down, but mm-hmm. if people think that training is intense, they aren't ready. <laughs> um, listen, listen. Don't it, get me wrong. We train. We train. Yeah, no, we but. do. We, we do. We do, we do what we do. But there, there are yeah. there are levels to this thing, and I understand if you're not if you're not ready to take uh, um, O's, you know, combat, uh, urban combat two, or a gladiator six right, class. Right. Uh, both of those are you know reputable uh, black firearms trainers. Yeah, um, yeah. One does more advanced stuff, and O O does have uh, classes for beginners. And uh, right, right, right. Going yeah, up, he does. going up the ladder. He does. Yeah. That, um, that being said, you're not going to survive those classes if you 
can't learn your fundamentals. And most people mm-hmm. that I know that are thinking about guns have no idea what the fundamentals are. They're flagging right, themselves. Right. They're pointing the, the barrel of the gun at their body parts. I've seen people get killed doing that. Yeah, yeah you yeah. and I both. And yeah. uh, and they're they're holding the gun with improper form, putting their hands in places where they can be seriously injured. Uh, behind the slide. Behind the slide, <laughs> which I, I, I don't want to call anybody out, but that is, well... That's that's a dangerous thing, and you have to yeah, mention it yeah. when you see it. If you don't mention it, yeah. you're, you're doing somebody a disservice. It's almost like you yeah, hate them. Yeah. Do you hate them? Let them know it's dangerous. Right. And if they get mad at you, so be it. So be it. it you, it's just something you have to deal with. Gun safety um, is paramount. You, We cannot take... Uh, 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 shortcuts or have excuses. Right, right. And I'm going to do my best to never show any sort of improper handling of a gun. Not, oh, perfect technique, but uh, um, for me, that those things are so important because when people look at yeah. you and they, they think, oh, you know something about guns. I'm not, I'm not some expert, but if right, you know right. something about guns, people will be like, oh, can you take me to a gun store? Can I come shoot with you? Then if they see you doing something stupid or dangerous... They'll go home and kill themselves because they did something mm-hmm. stupid and dangerous. And you got lucky and yep, they didn't. Yeah. That and that's said, why um that's why we we always preach the firearm safety rules. Um you preach it to me every time we talk. <laughs> right, right. Um let's go through. For for those that are listening, if you find an instructor or this person says they're a firearms trainer or firearms instructor, and they don't mention the firearm safety rules, find a new instructor. Mm-hmm. I can't stress this enough because if they're not covering the four, there's four firearm safety rules. Um, you put me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> treat every firearm as if it's loaded. Uh, never point your firearm at anything you don't intend to shoot. Keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to shoot and know your target and what's beyond it. And what's beyond um, it. And there was a video, uh, that I posted on my Instagram page with these two guys in the gun store. And mm-hmm. one guy was, <laughs> was jacking around with the gun and he shot his friend. And right, right there in the gut. Right in the gut. That was horrifying now, to see. I, I saw that video. Yeah. Horrifying. yeah. And when, when you think about the firearm safety rules, they're listed in a specific order for mm-hmm. a reason. Mm-hmm. Right. So the first one is treat every firearm as if it's loaded. Okay. Boom. You don't want to assume a firearm is empty, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, if you treat it as if it's loaded, it's loaded mm-hmm. until you verify that it isn't. Then don't point your firearm at anything you don't want to shoot, right? So let's say you forget to check it's loaded, but you, you don't point it at something. Mm-hmm. Okay, boom. Then keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to fire, right? So let's say you, you disregard the first two or you disregard the first one and the firearm is empty, but the firearm is loaded and you think it's empty, but you keep it pointed in a safe direction and you're jacking around and you squeeze the trigger, right? Now, yes, you've, you've had a negligent discharge. Yes, you've, you've effed up, but at least you followed one. But you need to follow all of them. I'm not saying, mm-hmm. oh, hey, Will said, if I follow one, I'm good. No, follow all of them. All of them. <laughs> And, but oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, it it can be it can be catastrophic. Um, There's no reason I, I saw to die. another video. No yeah, reason I saw to die from video. your own gun. Right. I saw another video with a with a black lady, 
um, who died tragically. Mm. Um, she was with, I guess he was an instructor and he was mm-hmm. messing around with the gun, had it pointed at her and shot it. Yeah. And yeah, he shot one. her and she, she died from that. Yeah. And it's like, just because someone says they're a firearms instructor doesn't mean they are. Just because you see them shooting doesn't mean they're qualified. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I just became an instructor back in November. Um, and I'm not like a super high speed expert, but at the same time, my philosophy is safety. I'm always going to stress those firearm safety rules. Like I said, that that's the lifeblood of anything of mm. any firearms training is the safety rules. As long as I'm sticking to that, then I don't care if I have one student or a hundred students, mm-hmm. nothing changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that. One, one thing I did want to talk about, and I know we didn't talk about it pre-show, um, is a little bit of politics because okay. people are going to say, oh, you know, you like guns. It sounds like you're not quite a conservative. Right, um, right. Where, if you're comfortable, where do you kind of feel like you fall on the political spectrum? So for me, I don't, I don't fall to any one side. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm neither uh, Republican or Democrat. I, I want to say I'm independent. So I can go either way, right? Yeah. I can go either way. You can do whatever you want um, to do. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I don't believe in a two-party system. I feel that that system is outdated. I, growing up, uh, like a lot of Black folks, we tend to vote Democrat just because, right? Why is uh, that? I, I have no clue. I have yet to figure that out. And, um, I'm, and I'm not saying, you know, you're not allowed to well, vote Democrat or one way or another. I think it, you know what I think it is? I think, um, you know, people always talk about the party flip in the mm-hmm. 1950s and 60s. Yeah. So it's like the Democrats now are the party of the people or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the, Republican, we won't get into all of that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as I've gotten older, I'm like, okay, hmm, do their views align with my views? That to me, that that's the most important. I, I don't believe that we should be so one-sided. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there there hell, is nuance a, to life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like if a Democrat came out and said they support the Second Amendment. Best believe I'm voting for. Most people don't know this, but there's a certain thing, there's a such thing as conservative Democrat mm-hmm. and liberal Republicans. Right. Um, right. So it, it is a yeah. spectrum. It's not you're here or you're there. The spectrum. There's there's it's long list. You could fall anywhere in between there. And mm-hmm. it's okay to talk about it. You know, it, it's yeah. okay to yeah. to be honest. And I think in people's honesty, they're able to maybe pick up a, a more positive viewpoint if they had something that was maybe more negative or more hurtful. Uh, I did want to go back to one thing before we before we hit maybe our last two points and get out of here. Um, okay. I know we, we talked about the Philly shooting and how absolutely tragic that was. And we, we did discuss this in a previous video, but I wanted to get uh, multiple perspectives because, uh, you okay. know, on, on this show, we cook a perspective, we serve it to the people, see if they like right. it. If they don't like it, they still got some perspective. Uh, right. That being said, 
What do you think about that? I mean, I know we, we talked about, we said how terrible it was and we, we regret that it happened. Uh, mm-hmm. But some people would say, you see, this is why we can't have guns. If nobody has guns, no one can do this. We just leave the police with guns and they can kind of clean up the mess. But, you know, if by and large, nobody has guns and even the bad guys have a hard time getting guns, then aren't we safer as a society? I mean, <laughs> um, I, I don't agree with that philosophy. Um, and I'm not going to turn into one of those guys. It's my right. No, I'm, I mean, that's not what I'm saying. It right? is my right. <laughs> it, 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 it is. It's my it, God-given it's... right to be able to defend myself, <laughs> first of right. all. To, to right. Self-defense. It I'm is. not saying that you have to have a gun to, to win every battle. No. To resist no. evil, but... Exactly. Um, so the reason I don't agree with that philosophy is because... If you ban guns, okay, you ban all the guns, boom. What criminal is going to say, okay, they banned the guns, so none for me? Like, the very essence of a criminal is someone who doesn't obey laws. Mm -hmm. So the more laws you make, the more laws they break. (laughs) It's like, uh, I I wanted to avoid talking about this, but H.R. 127, I, I can't avoid it. Hey. I can't avoid it. <laughs> hey, Let's um, talk about it. For those that don't know, HR 127 or Sabika Sheik is the name of, it's the actual name of HR 127. Gotcha. Um, and it's introduced by Sheila Jackson Lee of the 18th Congressional District out of Houston, right? Mm-hmm. So with, um, with talking about that, one of the things she's proposing is this $800 fee that you have to pay the attorney general for insurance and this, that, and the third. First off, if I pay five, $600 for my gun, why do I have to pay $800? That's already $1,000 right there, right? Just, we'll just call it $1,000. Um, then without going too much in depth into this bill, um, if let's say you don't properly secure your firearm or you lend your firearm to someone and they kill themselves with your firearm, right? The, the text in the bill states that you can be in prison for what, 45 years, some, some oh crazy gosh. number like that. And you can be fined like no less than $150,000. Now, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I ain't got 150,000, but um, yeah. I, <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I don't, I'm not trying to say I'm going off topic, but yeah. I, I don't agree with the whole, if we just ban guns, everything will be okay because yeah. we have seen that people are inherently evil. Mm-hmm. Um, I think every one of us, everyone living has a propensity for violence. Mm-hmm. We just don't know it yet. Like, we haven't been put in a situation where we've been forced to do such a thing, right? Mm-hmm. I believe anyone can commit an act of violence if if they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we see places where they have banned guns, and I don't want to get into the typical, oh, look at the knife crime over there. But it's true. It's true. You You look at what happened, I think it was in England last year, um, where a guy went into a police station and killed four, five police officers with a knife. So <laughs> he walked into a police station and killed five police officers with a knife. Was he and, John Wick? 
Right. And it's like, he was determined. Yeah. So a person determined and intent on doing harm and evil will do such a thing. Right? Um, yeah. The Boston that, Marathon bombing. Right. We, we talked about that. He used pressure cooker. Right. Pressure cookers. He, he used the friggin' pressure cooker. And he did an insane amount of damage. Right? Yeah. Um, so they don't, they don't regulate this, pressure cookers. Right. My thing yeah. with this is... I, like I said earlier, I am my family's first responder. Mm -hmm. No one is coming to save us, right? Mm -hmm. The average response time for the police, if you live in a good area, if you live in a good area, is about, what, four to five minutes. Um, If you live in a not-so-good area, that could be 12 to 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, nothing against the police, but they aren't there to, they're there to investigate after the fact. And I'm not saying that's all they're there for, right? Yeah. But <laughs> but if you if you think about it, that's really what happens. If their response time is four minutes, um, if someone kicks in your door and the police response time is four minutes, imagine and what a person intent on harm can do in four to five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I, I can't depend on someone else to protect my family. Yeah. That is my responsibility as a husband. That, that's my responsibility, right? Yeah. To protect my family. So I can't depend on someone else. Um, and I don't feel that, I don't feel people understand that, that concept. Mm-hmm. And yes, we, we, when we see things happen, when we see people shoot up a church, we see people shoot up a school, shoot up a movie theater. It breaks our hearts. It really does. I'll be the first person, the first two-way person. I'm not the first, but for all those listening, I'll be the first two-way person to say it breaks my heart and those people are cowards and they're evil and they don't... I don't want to wish death on anyone, (laughs) but... I mean, they don't have a place in our society. They don't, they don't deserve to be in our society, right? Yes, and it breaks my heart. But at the same time, when things like that happen, right, I want to be able to protect my family from that. Yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want to be put in a position where I have to depend and say, man, I hope someone's coming to save me. I don't want yeah. to be put in that position. I want to be able to defend my family. If I want to park a tank on my lawn to defend my family, I should be able to. No one can tell me about the defense of my family. I always look at it as people who say those things, what if they were put in a position where they were afraid for their life? You know, we we did talk about this uh, on a previous show, Um, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people, and this is not true, but a lot of people assume that Democrats and people, you know, left of center are anti-gun by and right, large, right. through and through. Right. If you're a Democrat, if you voted for Biden, you shouldn't have your gun rights. You, you shouldn't be able to buy bullets. And I'm using right. some country voice because right. that's kind of the caricature that <laughs> y- y'all yeah. kind of, yeah. that you see where, you know, the, the guy who likes guns is super country. It, it's it's a caricature. Don't don't <laughs> right. don't cancel me, please. <laughs> right, right. But please don't. Just, please don't. Not, it was too soon. We, we just got started. So here's <laughs> right. here's the thing. Last year, 
anti-gunner or not, they say about 60, no, it was was, uh, 40% of the individuals who bought guns were black, 60% were women. We, we've yeah. talked about this on a previous show, um, and it's it's crazy because it's like okay, predominantly black folks generally vote Democrat, mm-hmm. but they they these these people buying guns they they understand like when it comes time to defend yourself your your, your right, last line right. of defense because I'm, I'm not pulling out a gun unless it's time to use it. Like right. it's, it's exactly. not it's not for show it's not to scare you it's because I have to use it. And right. I, I don't look forward to a day like that, and I hope it never happens. I hope I can just mm-hmm. shoot shoot mm-hmm. at the range, maybe go hunting, maybe exactly. I, that, I just want to be able to shoot at the range. Yeah, I, I, that's all I want to do. I just want to be able to put rounds down range yeah. and have fun doing it. Yeah, um, get get good, get talented, we, <laughs> not and talented. we can talk about Skills. that too. Uh, mm-hmm. For people who may not know, some people may think we're just we're just those people that just itching. We're just itching for it. We're where we're, we're no. <laughs> I wish him, I, I wish I wish somebody would. I, that's what they think. Mm-hmm. And that that couldn't be further from the truth. I never want to have to use my firearm in a defensive situation. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Um I, I'm not I'm not walking around itching for it. Uh, I'm not walking around like, oh, I hope somebody tried me today. No. 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 Um a crazy person would say something like that. Right. I, I stay away from those people. Um, mm-hmm. Even in the military, those people who are like, man, I, I hope we see some action. What? Like, you nah, don't want to go away from those people. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Like, don't get me wrong. You, if you're it not comes, guaranteed to live. <laughs> right. I mean, if, if it, it comes, comes, I'm prepared. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not hoping it comes. You know, like, here's, here's nah. the thing. I went years without getting into any car accident. I've been paying right, for right, insurance right. for a long time. It, mm-hmm. Because the government told me to, but right, it's, a, right. it's a good idea. I'll tell you what, I don't have to have home uh, renter's insurance where, I, where I'm renting right now, but guess what? Okay. I have it because I have a lot of nice little things that I've collected throughout <laughs> the years, and if right. this whole place were to go up in flames, I want to be prepared for the worst. Right, you know, right. I'm living yep. for the best life, but I am prepared for the worst. Yeah, yeah. Um, just just my little my little spiel. <laughs> right, right. But let's talk uh, a little bit of mental health and guns. Um, that's okay. kind of kind of a, a big issue these days. A lot of people are blaming uh, a lot of these issues on mental health and, oh, this person was crazy. That's why he shot up to school. Do you feel like it, it that is a contributing factor to some of these these issues? And do you feel like there should be mental health checks like in uh, H.R. 127, which we by and large disagree with um, almost to the fullest, but yeah, considering yeah. The, the issues that we have had in the past, the recent past, and the excuse that a lot of um, pro-gun folks would say is like, oh, it's a mental health issue. It's not the guns. It's their mental health. Uh, um, do you think that we should have these mental health checks on every member of your family? So, so... Do I feel mental health is a factor? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I do feel mental health is a factor. I feel mental health isn't addressed enough. Um, on, on a large scale, I feel it isn't addressed enough. I think that's the default whenever... Hmm, <laughs> I think that's the default whenever a person commits a crime with a gun, right? Um I really think that's the default. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them have had a history of mental illness. 
I don't know how we would address that. Because um, one thing I know, some people can actually, some people who have mental health health issues can seem perfectly freaking normal. Mm-hmm. And what do you do if someone passes a mental health check and then they still go out and do something heinous, like shooting up something, right? Yeah. Perhaps mm-hmm. they can kind of intimidate their family and their friends into saying like, hey, don't say anything. Or they don't show these people their issues until the Mm -hmm. day that they go off and they they hurt people. You know, their wife gets fed up with it. They leave. And guess what? You can't leave. No one can have you if I can't have you because that's something that people say. And then, you know, the whole block is destroyed. Um, And like I said, I really do. I think the, the, the issue becomes that some folks just love to blame the gun, right? Without mm. addressing the other, the actual issues. I don't think, people always say common sense gun control, common sense gun laws. I don't really think that they are common sense. Um, I don't think they do enough to address the deeper issues. They just want to say, oh, it's the gun's fault, you know? Mm. Um, I mean, AR-15 but, is a scary looking gun. It's all right. Black. Um <laughs> right. Uh, the black guys. Mm. <laughs> um, like I said, I don't know how it would look um, with the mental health aspect, but I do think a focus needs to be played on. A, a focus needs to be put on mm-hmm. mental health um, because it, it's an issue. It, it really is. It, it um, is. With the thing in Philadelphia. I don't want, I don't like to assume, yeah. but I think he may have had something wrong with him or he may have just snapped. He may have just been fed up. He may have been pushing his buttons and he just was like, Hey, today's the day. I watched it twice. Yeah. Um, the first time I watched it, I was just like completely in shock. Um, <laughs> I talked with uh, Zoe, who you had on the show before. Mm-hmm. He said the same thing, you know. He watched it twice. He First he was in shock, and then the second time he watched it, it was like, man, did that actually just happen? Yeah. You know? <laughs> it played out the way it played out. And your brain starts to, as a self-defender, you know, run through right. the scenario, like how could we have avoided this to begin with? And then you kind of work your way forward. It's like, okay. And so, so you didn't get yourself out of a bad situation. And you kind of right, start right. to be like... But you saw he had a gun. You didn't. You didn't get off the X. You didn't move. Yeah, yeah. Not to not to victim blame at all because they didn't shoot themselves. Right, right, right. Yeah, no. But, and again, it's a tragic situation. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that instead of just going to outright, oh, let's ban this, let's ban this. I think we do need to look at okay, what were the contributing factors to what this person did or this person did. Um, and I think it needs to be fair across the board. Yeah. Um, and you know what I mean by that? It's Absolutely. like, oh, <laughs> this one's mental health. This one's, you know. <laughs> uh, people, <laughs> I, I think it needs to be... <laughs> people will pick and choose what's convenient for them. Yeah, cherry picking. Like, <laughs> just bold face, just look at you and be like, yeah, that's not a crime. What? Right, right. <laughs> right. Oh, jeez. So yeah. one thing that I, I thought about, and I'm, I'm no expert in mental health. I studied it a little bit, um, but I, I'm no PhD. I, I, I got to call somebody else for that. Um, what 
I feel like there's certain things we can do to really tackle mental health as a country. Um, yeah. And then we, we really, we don't want to spend the money. We rather spend it on defense. Like, God bless the troops. But we spend right. a lot of mo- money on missiles. A lot yeah. of money on missiles. Yeah. <laughs> we have missiles, man. <laughs> How yeah. many missiles do yeah. we need? Fix their right. planes, and then we can we can talk. Because there's a lot right, of there's right. a lot of broken down gear that you guys had to use, and that's unacceptable. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> military right. grade, baby. Yeah. <laughs> right. That um, being said, something that I'm thinking about is this: What if in school, you know how we have school counselors? Mm-hmm. What if every mm-hmm. child? Um, who attends any sort of school is assigned uh, uh, a counselor. And Mm -hmm. during one period, once a month, you could check in, have a little mental health check, be like, hey, how's everything? How are you feeling? How's everything at home? And just based on what they, I guess people can hide things and mask things, but if you have that from young, have somebody, you know, comfortable with a person, and maybe that person changes as they grow, but comfortable Mm -hmm. with the idea of like, hey, I can check in, I can let somebody know that I'm not doing okay and they can communicate with your family and you can make this a, a, a thing. You know? Mental health is, is taboo. Um, and it's not just taboo in any one community. It's taboo across the board in the United States. Um, and with what you touched on, um, <laughs> I hate to say it, but like you said, we, we, we dive, our money is put elsewhere. You know, we can't even afford to pay teachers properly. Uh, so I, I, that but, seems but, like a good idea. Can't we, it, it, I think it would be. Can't we afford we, it? We could. Uh, we could. Richest, yeah, plan, we could. richest country on planet Earth. I think we can afford a few things. <laughs> I, I know I've said it repeatedly. Um, an emphasis needs to be put on mental health. Yeah. Uh, it, it just, it really does. Um I feel like it shouldn't be as taboo as it is because, you know, when you talk about mental health, it's like, oh, they're weak. Um, People Mm. are people who who tend to address mental health or who may even have mental health issues are seen as weak and Mm. they can't function. And they're like the the uh, the outcast of society, so to speak. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it just. It's it's a tough situation. And I think <laughs> it is, the, uh, it is. Uh, awareness is a big thing, and I'm I'm not a big oh this awareness day that awareness day. Let's raise awareness for this. Let's raise awareness for that. Because I feel like just for myself, I I I look at a lot of things, and generally I can, mm-hmm. I feel like I keep up to date. But a lot of folks they don't know what they don't know, and I I'll be the first yeah. to say there's a lot of things that I don't know. What if a parent doesn't know because he wasn't showing, like a, a, a right, father, right. he wasn't showing that it's good to hug your children. It's good to tell them positive things. You know, mm-hmm. if you're going to tell them something kind of tough, you should probably build them up as well. Right, Because right, they never right. got that. Yeah. Fa- my father never hugged me. My father never told me I was special, you know. And then they, they get mad at the world and say, oh, you snowflakes think you're special because your mommy's told <laughs> right, you you're special. Right. And I'm not trying to stereotype anybody, but that's those statements are coming from such a, a bad place and mm-hmm. people aren't showing the right way. Right. So, right. They, so yeah. they never embraced what could, what could happen. Um, but uh, I, I do want to kind of wrap on this subject so we can talk about one more thing and kind of get out of here. Um, I know with the, with the gun club, you have uh, you and the leadership have decided to, to, to get involved with the community uh, a little bit more. Yeah, what what yeah. are you doing? What do you, what do you want to do? What have you guys done so far? How, how are we going to 
kind of go forward and maybe how can people help and be a part of it? I mean, if they want yeah. to. One of the things we did was the uh, Christmas toy drive back in mm-hmm. December. Um, yeah. We we had people uh, buy various gifts and toys um, and we donated those to the uh, Salvation Army. And then we had a couple volunteers at the uh, Mint Foundation for their Christmas toy drive. So we did yeah. a toy drive and then a couple of us volunteered at a toy drive. Um, the next thing that's coming up is the food drive. Yeah. Uh, I actually reached out to an organization yesterday in the Dallas area called Voice of Hope Ministries. Um, and I asked them, you know, because we're a gun club, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have to, I have to reach out um, and I asked them, hey, we are a gun club. Would, we, would you be willing to accept food donations from us? And they said yes. So I'm actually, that's the next thing. The food drive is coming and I've partnered with Voice of Hope to donate food to them. So it'll be on the Facebook page and it'll be on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can find the gun club on Instagram and Facebook at Henry Johnson Gun Club. Henry Johnson Um, Gun Club. Okay. Yeah. On Facebook and Instagram. Uh, The Instagram is public. And where can people find you? Uh, for me, I'm on Instagram at Lattimore Defense. Um, you can find me there. You can email me, uh, LattimoreDefense at gmail.com. I am working on my website. Uh, bear with me, people. <laughs> hey, websites, on the website. are becoming less and less popular, but they're important. Right, right. Yeah. It's like everything's on social media now. <laughs> like, listen, don't be beholden to one group because if they decide to cancel you, you're done. Right, <laughs> right. Um, so, yes, yeah, if, if people... If people hear this or when people hear this and see this, um, just know we are giving back to the community with a food drive. Um, canned food will be accepted. Non-perishables will be accepted. Uh, what I want to do is set up a day where people can come, bring food to us, and then we take it over to mm-hmm. Voice of Hope. I just want to emphasize that for folks who may not know. Uh, Harry Johnson Gun Club is about training and education in our community, but we also have a focus on community outreach. We're in the community, so we have to serve the community. Like, that, it, there's no way around it. Again, I'm going to go back to the Black Panthers. That, mm-hmm. That's what they I, did. I knew it was going there. Um, <laughs> I, I draw inspiration from them. Like, like they, they protected their community, but they also served their community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to be the next Black Panther organization, mm-hmm. the next Huey P. Newton or Fred Hampton or Bobby Seale. Um, I'm just being me, and I'm just serving where I am. I'm serving the community mm-hmm. that has done a lot for me. Um, yeah. And that's just what it is. Yeah. So, yeah, look out for the post, the flyers about the food drive. Um, and, of course, I'll post on the flyer how you can donate and how you can help us. Um, give back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Will, it's, it's been good. I know we kind of went a little bit long. I, I appreciate this conversation. I feel like it was good. We talked about a lot too, of really man. great things. Um, <laughs> I appreciate you for having me on. Man. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we had to do it eventually. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Cook up a little perspective, you know. This has been Costly Conversations. You've been hearing from Will. This is Atlas. Let's go.